This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Inside the Red and White. This is a podcast for fans, by fans about all things Arsenal women and women's football in general. We talk through it all from the perspective of the Red and White singing group, which is dedicated to building the atmosphere at Arsenal women's games. I'm Susie and I'm here with Nan. Hello. And we're also here with a few other gooners as well. Yay! We're currently sat in Box Park. We are. Um, we're waiting for the uh, for the final of the Women's World Cup, England versus Spain. And uh, we're very excited. We are very excited. And we've got everybody at this table is going to give their score predictions right now. Um, so then we're going to see whether anybody's right. Um, right, we're going to go to Alice first. Alice, what would be your score prediction for this game? I'm going 2-1 England. It's confidence there. Okay, right, we're going to Becky. Becky, your score prediction? 4-1 England. Even more confidence there. <laughs> okay, we're going to Shereen next. Score prediction, Shereen. Um, 3-1 England. And then, Kate, your score prediction? I'm going to go 3-2 England. Bloody hell, that's a bit tense. <laughs> we're not going 2 nil down first, are we? Who knows? Bloody hope not. I hope not. The atmosphere's building here in Box Park and we're super excited. But next, and I'm so excited about this, so one of our red and white, Helena, massive shout-out to Helena, who we're going to get on the podcast in a couple of weeks, who decided to just sod off to Australia to watch the final, and I think right now is in the stadium, got us some uh, messages from some very familiar voices, so here they are. Hi guys, Farrah Williams here, I just want to say, love your energy when you're at the games, and my favourite chant from the Arsenal, the Gooners, is the one about Katie McCabe, purely because she's my favourite person. Hi, the fans of Arsenal podcast, it's Kelly Smith here, former player, um, hopefully, uh, we'll win the league this year. We've made some really good signings and keep following us. Love you. Hello, everyone. Alex Scott here. Just wanted to say, keep on listening, enjoy and keep tuning in. Hi, everyone. Looking forward to the next season and hearing you all singing once again. So th- how amazing is that? So Helena, thank you so much. Got us messages from Kelly Smith, Alex Scott, Jonas and Farrah Williams. 
Is that everybody? I mean, is that enough? I mean, I was saying to her yesterday, God, if you can get Alex Scott on the podcast, that'd be insane. So thank you, Helena. Hopefully, when you're listening to this, you're absolutely buzzing that you went over to Australia and watched England of the World Cup. So uh, I think we'll definitely be using that Alex Scott clip again. And listen to Jonas. He wants us in the stands next season, singing really loud. And Kelly Smith thinks we're going to win the league, and I think we are too. So if you're thinking about coming down to Arsenal, make sure you do. This particular episode, we actually have, we chatted so, so long with Tim that we we had basically another episode. We essentially had a second episode in there. So um, rather than uh, continuing to talk, we're going to watch the football now and we're going to leave you to listen to Tim and some of the things that didn't make it into the previous podcast. Um, But at the end, we're going to come back on and we're going to either celebrate or commiserate over the fact that England's won or lost, basically, to do our outro. So uh, listen to the end and you'll get our reaction. It's Tim. One of the funniest ones for me was when I knew we were finally signing Mani Iwabuchi, but I was kind of told not to say the name. And um, and it was literally, it was the day they announced Jill Rod going and someone tweeted me and said, what are we doing? And I was like, we've already got her replacement. And that was one of those like replies that got, I don't know, within about two minutes, about 40 quote tweets, like, who are we signing? Who are we signing? And I knew it was Iwabuchi. I couldn't say it was Iwabuchi. And but the thing is, I had no idea when it was going to be announced. And this was like May. And I was like, oh my God, is what if they don't announce it till like August or something? <laughs> like I'm just gonna get every day. I'm gonna yeah. get who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And I was like, oh no. And then late literally later that day, Tom Gary dropped that we were signing Iwabuchi. And I was like, Tom, thank so you. <laughs> you saved my life. I was like, that's who it is. Leave me alone. <laughs> excites you about you know coming into the WSL is there any like non-Arsenal transfers that you, that have really excited you or that you do you think there's any big ones maybe coming in that you can't tell us about or uh, <laughs> I, I don't know so much on the on the latter at the moment like that I think from an Arsenal perspective I kind of think there's very much a part one and a part two yeah and part two is going to be kind of maybe after the group stages of the World Cup uh, I might be wrong about that, though. I'm I'm certain that there are, well, there's definitely a lot that I don't know. Uh, I don't have, like, that, that level of conversation. But I like what Leicester have done, not least because, you know, their men's team's been relegated. And when that happens, you start to worry about what might happen to the funding of the women's team. But, you know, it, I mean, it was one thing I've completely forgotten her name, the goalkeeper from Bayern Munich, Um but, um, you know, get, getting her after she'd been on loan, you kind of think, oh, OK, but you had her on loan and maybe there was already an agreement in place. But getting someone like uh, uh, Janice Kamen from from Leon, like that's a really, really strong signing. So I, I'm, I'm liking what Leicester are doing and the fact that Leicester spent a lot in January as well. I thought it was really interesting because I think that's the first time we've really seen a team kind of, this is going to sound like a criticism and it's not like spend their way out of trouble. Yeah. Well, it worked. Exactly. Exactly. Like the first time, like a team's real and Brighton did it as well. Like has really thought, Oh my God, we really don't want to get relegated. Like we really don't want that. 
And so we're going to spend some money so that it doesn't happen. And then, of course, you look at Reading, who are in a position where they couldn't do that because of their overall finances. But I, I just thought that that's a really interesting dynamic, that it came to January, Leicester and Brighton were in trouble, and they both like they both spent money. I think that's the first time we've properly seen that. And like I quite like a lot of what Liverpool have done as well. I think Liverpool snuck under the radar a bit last season, which which actually means they they did something really well because they were newly promoted and like no one really talked about them but like Matt Matt Beard's got some really good connections in the game if you're looking to get players into a club and elevate the level like Matt Beard knows everyone and everything but look, like the the raw transfer the one that kind of breaks my heart is Ashley Lawrence going to Chelsea I I, I hate that because I, I think Ashley Lawrence is really good but but Gilles Rod to Man City that that is one that really really interests me. Like there's something about Gilles Rod where she's a, she's clearly like a really really good player. She's clearly really talented, but nobody ever really seems to be able to fit her into a team. Like it always feels slightly awkward with Netherlands. I, I think with Wolfsburg it kind of worked because they swap their strikers around so much. But it, it never worked for her at Arsenal. I don't think it really worked for her at Bayern. Like, she's one of those players I look at and I think, you're a really good player, but I haven't got a clue where I'd play you on the pitch. Um, so I am fascinated by that. I, I actually think it might work because I think what Man City need, they need more attacking threat, that, uh, like goal scoring threat that is not Bunny Shaw. And I, yeah, I, I agree could, with that. Yeah, I could see her doing that. So, But the thing is, for her, I kind of think this move has to work for her. Otherwise, like, you know, she's moved around like Wolfsburg and Arsenal and Bayern and all these big ticket clubs. If this doesn't work for her, I'm not sure that her next club is going to be that kind of club. I think it's yeah. going to be like half a step down. But if Especially she does look it, at her age and things as well, I guess exactly. she's getting into those peak years. So she should be at that moment where she can step up and, and make a difference. Yeah. Exactly that. She's 26. Like I, I, I looked at that. I was like, wow, she's 26. I still think mm-hmm. of her as like 21. If she, if she does it at city, I mean, she's clearly a player that's comfortable moving around a lot. Then I think like her next move could be Barcelona, uh, as she clearly very, very much wants. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> look at her dad's Twitter feed, by the way. It's great. It's just him retweeting uh, stuff from last summer about her going to Barca. But yeah, so that, that, that's the one, uh, that is the one that interests me the most, sure. Yeah. I do think with Man City, obviously, after they lost Kira Walsh and Caroline Witt, that that hasn't helped them. But they do just put all of their um, goals in Buddy's basket, don't they? And it's yeah. like, who have they got? If she stops scoring, like, what have, what are they going to do? Or she gets injured or she can't play. You know, we've seen that from Arsenal. You, you can't. I know everyone's been saying about, you know, this has been the biggest annoyance, I think, with all of the Arsenal transfers is they're going, well, how are you... You know, how are we going to play everybody? I was like, look at Chelsea, you've got a squad and you need a squad. If we're going to, I've already said this, Tim, we're going to win four shows next season. I've already said it. I don't (laughs) know how you're going to mix them. I have mixed everything. But I mean, as because you're a men's fan and a women's fan, and I'm thinking, you know, Arsenal men are on the cusp of doing something really special, and the women's team. I mean, you could be a really, really, really busy guy next season. You know, (laughs) there'll be trophies everywhere, which I think would be fantastic as well for the. For the club, if we, you know, if they could sort of do it, can you imagine doing the double, like both winning the league next season? It'd be uh, incredible. But I think it's 
it's it's really like people are really getting involved. It's like seeing Sky Sports like transfer news and little bits and bobs yeah. here there. I mean, it's just great to see because you know a couple of years ago that wasn't the case, and you know contract I- extensions and oh, it's just exciting. So. Next question. This one intrigued me. So this one's from Lucy, and it was your most surprising encounter with a player. Is that supposed <laughs> to be positive or negative? <laughs> yeah, my most surprising encounter with a player. I mean, all of um, like the encounters I guess I have with players are, are like are usually expected <laughs> and scheduled and arranged. There, there was quite a nice moment at the end of last season when they did like a media day ahead of Wolfsburg. I think it was ahead of the first leg. And uh, I was just like rustling a podcast together based on like some of the interviews and all of that. And I kind of popped outside the media room just to record a monologue. As you can probably guess from this podcast so far, I'm quite keen on monologues. And I was I was talking about Katie McCabe and she walked past, well, she actually, she didn't quite walk past. She was about kind of 30, I don't know, 30, 40 yards away, a McCabe shot kind of distance away. <laughs> and like, and, uh, and, and we kept it on the podcast, but she just shouted like, hello. She was like, how you doing, Tim? And I was like, and I was like, well, I'm kind of in the middle of recording. And actually I'm, I'm talking, I'm literally talking about you right now. Like, I think I said the words Katie McCabe and she shouted. <laughs> and I was like, that, oh, that, what are the chances of that timing wise? But yeah, su- surprising encounters, not that much, not least because I, I don't live in North London or Hertfordshire either. So I'm not, you know, I'm not milling around St. Albans. So like I haven't seen like Manu Zinsberger in Waitrose or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can turn the question around maybe was there anything well, that particularly surprised you that a player said in terms of things that you've reported on obviously not asking for secrets here but uh, yeah I think Viv she always seems like incredibly direct in some of her responses yeah. and things like that <laughs> yeah there, there's three that um immediately come to mind and two of them are Viv one was is after we played Brighton in 2019 and it was absolutely pouring down with rain and the mix zone at Meadow Park is uncovered and um, no other no other journalist was stupid enough to stand there, but I was, and I had a little umbrella, and Viv came off, and I was like, Viv, Viv, like, can we talk? And she just looked at me and went, I'd much rather go inside. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I've got an umbrella, I've got an umbrella, and she really reluctantly came over. And when Viv does something reluctantly, it's very obvious it's reluctant. And, um, like, I'll be on it, and, like, you know, look, she gave up her time in the pouring rain, so I'm not complaining one bit. But it was a bit, it was a bit abrupt. It was a bit difficult. She didn't really want to do it, which is fair enough. Um, and I, you know, I was just getting post game quotes. It wasn't like a, a big interview or anything, so it's fine. But that's when she she gave me a, a line that went viral. I asked her about not being included in the FIFA Pro World Eleven, and and she, you know, she just said, "Yeah, look." I, you know, I don't really give a about awards, but it's a joke, and uh, and and that line, and that was it. That that line went viral. So up until that point, it'd been one of the toughest interviews I'd ever done. But you stuck it out. I, I stuck <laughs> it, it out. It. I got the killer line, and it completely justified standing in the rain. The other one with Viv, actually, that it not not as abrupt a line, right? But when when we signed her not a lot of people recognized what a big player she was. And so as soon as she signed, I messaged the press officer. I was like, when can I get a Viv interview? When, when can I get a Viv interview? And they were just like, whenever you want. 
Uh, and I was like, okay. And I interviewed her like just after she arrived. She hadn't even played for us yet. And and so I didn't know her at that stage. And I asked her about the Dutch players at the club. And I was like, how how important were the Dutch players for you in coming to the club? And uh, she just looked at me and said, not at all. And like, and I was like, <laughs> but but obviously she went on to explain like she was kind of saying, look, I'm not here because like my friends are here, like. I'm I'm a serious person. I'm a professional. I came here because I felt this was the best team to come to. She's like, I went to Bayern Munich when I was 18. There were no Dutch players there. Not important at all. And and I loved that answer. It's it's brilliant when a player gives you an answer that like catches you off guard. Because I, you know, frankly, sometimes you kind of just go, I think I know what they're going to say here. And it's like she's going to say, yeah, well, I had some conversations, and yeah, it was quite influential. But when she just cut me off and said, not at all, not at all, and uh, and I really like that. It's it's really good when you're interviewing with someone and they catch you off guard a little bit. And, I do um, love reading the articles that she does. Um, yeah. Like every article, like they're yeah, her. Yeah. They're, she's very, very direct and she says exactly what's on her mind. And she raises some really important topics and it's 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 quite refreshing seeing that. And I think a lot of, we're quite lucky that a lot of our Arsenal players, they do talk very eloquently and very well about a multitude yeah. of topics. But yeah. I think that some of them can be very aware of what they're saying. And I think Viv is as well, but she is she kind just of unguarded. And, yeah, yeah, she knows what she, she's she saying. She doesn't care. <laughs> exactly. But I, I think that's brilliant. I just she's always very... Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be fantastic. But yeah, it would. The, the third yeah. one as well, when I really uh, realised something, was after the 2018 FA Cup final and Arsenal lost to Chelsea. And I waited an age to talk to Leah because, um, well, it's none of my business, but it just took her ages to come out of the dressing room. And uh, and I waited ages for this interview. And, and I kind of knew her a bit at that time. I didn't know her well. I'd interviewed her like once and, you know, we got on kind of thing. And, and I remember asking her this question, you know, slightly tactical question. And she just gave this really detailed, like just incredibly impressive answer. And, you know, at that point she was, she'd just turned 21 and I was, and you know, I was like, wow, I've never, I've never had like someone really answering that much detail with that much thought. And I, I immediately realized that Leah was someone who clearly thinks about the game very deeply, who clearly, even after all the disappointment of losing the FA Cup final at Wembley, had thought quite clearly about what had happened and, you know, was able to like really strip it down. And, uh, and, and I immediately, I was like, you know, she's only 21, but I was at, at that time, I was like, you're either going to be a brilliant pundit or a brilliant coach because you've been able to crystallize something. For, and, and that like took me aback. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is, this is like a, you know, a, a very smart young woman. Uh, and I think everything we've seen ever, ever since has, has really kind of proved that. As you said that, I've realized that I very rarely hear her talking that much in detail about the football Mm. Um, you know in interviews and things like post-match things it tends to be a little bit about the crowd or whatever it may be but actually uh, I don't think I've really read that much about what she said specifically about the game aside from the odd throwaway comment here or there. My favourite interview I ever did was with Leah at the beginning of lockdown just because at this point basically Arsenal kind of um, put the shutters down and were like no more interviews and I was like I still want to do some content though and so I basically just started tapping up the players I kind of knew 
and uh, and obviously they had a lot of time then, so it was really easy to get them to agree. So I did this thing with Leo where, like, I really uh, I, I looked at like stats bomb data and I really broke down the data of her season and discussed it with her, and it, it was great. It was so, I loved doing it. It was really like very very detailed and like i think she really liked doing that as well like it's clear she thinks and analyzes um her, like I, they all do i mean they all have to it's their job but like i think she really gets i think she's a bit of a natural when it comes to like football analysis and certainly self analysis and i i really think that once her playing career is over she should capitalize on that I try not to think about that too quickly but yeah i agree no. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you, do you think the fact it's obviously a knockout at that stage, it's, I know it's two legs, but still, I, looking at the past season, it does seem that in the WSL, they kept very high in the rankings there, but there were some games where it just looked like it was lacking, whereas in the Champions League, they seem to perform at this at mm. a high level throughout. I yeah. think at the end of the season, they were kind of running on fumes. Yes. Um, and and a lot of it, a lot of what gets teams through at that point is adrenaline. And I think they realised a long time before the end of the season that the league title wasn't going to happen um, just because of the injury situation. Whereas I think in the Champions League, they perhaps didn't feel that handicap, but also like, yeah, they're, they're quite adrenaline fueled occasions. And, and I think, and it's kind of the same with the Conti Cup. I, I, I just think adrenaline kind of counts a bit more. And you get a bit more of it in those knockout cup games. And yeah, I, I think basically from the discussions I had with Jonas at the end of last season, he was reaching into his, his box of tricks for everything he could do to just squeeze as much as possible out of this team. And I think you could see in the last few games that they were just completely done. Yeah, um, but yeah. like. I think those Champions League games and that Conti Cup final and even the semi-final, I think they're just quite high adrenaline occasions and, and adrenaline was, it's almost like Arsenal had to, they knew they couldn't play their best football, so they kind of had to show a bit of an ugly side at times. Yeah, and maybe a bit of freedom as well. The fact yeah. that not, the expectation isn't on them, maybe. Exactly, and they, I th- I think when you know that you have to rely on adrenaline when you're playing those bigger teams, you kind of know you have to rely on that anyway. So I think that's maybe why we got. And they were just like they were more achievable. Like we, you know, we were at a point where winning the Champions League was more likely than winning the WSL. I think yeah. as well. Which is crazy, we isn't it? Yeah. 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 Can I ask you a question I, about the Champions League final? Because hmm. I think um it was a bit of a oh, I don't know what the word is, a blessing in disguise that we didn't get through yeah. to the final because I think that would have been a horrible way to end the season, potentially yeah. getting absolutely battered by Barcelona, especially because we lost Leah Voltin and we obviously didn't have the same squad as we had with the WSL because we didn't have Jodie Taylor available or Geo. Um so we, we yeah. really it could have been ugly. That, and I think the team had completely run out of steam by that point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure how much longer they could go on fumes and vibes, to be honest. Yeah, That's no, I, I get that. We got Champions League and hopefully, you know, we'll get through the qualifiers and whatever. But to, after the season we had to pick City, you know, basically threw it away yeah. in the end. Um, they could have been, no we should have been, you know, they, yeah, well, it's just City in it, but... Um, 
It just that even, I think that was one of my highlights of the season is Man City not getting any European football. So. <laughs> we'll let you say this without. I won't. <laughs> Hello, this is Susie from the future. I'm just dropping in to say that for this next question, uh, we are aware that now we do have confirmation as to which fixtures will be played at Stamford Bridge and some of the other larger venues. But we talk a little bit around how Arsenal's leading the way in that regard. So we thought it was interesting enough to leave in for your enjoyment. Can I ask you a question as well? Because I've Mm. I've got so many. Something that annoys me is the fact that we played Chelsea at the Emirates, United at the Emirates. And I think that you put those two fixtures in Meadow Park. It's a a different environment completely. Yeah. Mm. Does it? I I would love it if, and is this even a possible thing for Arsenal to say, say, we'll play you at the Emirates or whatever, but you have to play us at your main stadium. (laughs) I think I think that will happen with Chelsea anyway because they've just yeah. announced that they yeah. they're going to play. I think six games. I, I, they say like four, four, WSL. four games. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to be. They only played one, wasn't it, last season? They played yeah. Spurs, Spurs, yeah. Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's that's easy money for them to do. And, and for us, to be honest, it's like yeah. you're going to beat them and you're going to get a big crowd. But yeah, they're going to have to play. Like Arsenal's going to have to be one of those games. Yeah at Stamford Bridge, like no doubt about it. I don't think they can do what United have done, which is let's play some teams we'll beat at Old Trafford. But, yeah, because what did um, they play? West Ham and Villa. Villa, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, And it just feels uh, and like Everton. a cop-out no, as Everton. well, doesn't yeah. it? Um, it just feels like a cop-out. I just think, you know, Chelsea hide behind that sort of King's Meadow, sort of, you know, rock solid, um, you know. And because they own of, the ground. You know, yeah. And, they'll say that actually they're not whereas Arsenal are actively trying to move to the Emirates at some point so like that is actually part of Arsenal's strategy whereas like City and Chelsea already own their grounds so like they'll say that's why they're doing it but clearly they've I mean I I think Arsenal have led the way there I'm pretty sure that Arsenal getting those big crowds has um I don't I don't I know it's too much to say shamed um you know Chelsea into doing it but made Chelsea realize that they can and should do it and actually it kind of it we're probably at the stage where it looks bad if they don't yeah I also like the fact um that we do shame them because I said how they did how can you not sell out Stamford Bridge against Barcelona on a Saturday afternoon how can you not sell that out and then we we sell out Especially when they've supposedly got a bigger social media, not engagement, yeah. but you know, attraction whatever. through social media or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. I think oh, probably I did what... wind a few Chelsea fans up on Twitter and was saying I did enjoy it actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably what they realised is that you can't just sell like the Arsenal selling out the Emirates, that was a confluence of games that nearly yeah. sold out. And and it eventually got to, I think that's probably one of the things Chelsea have realised is like, we can't just put one game a year there and expect it to sell out. You've kind of, you've got to build it up a little bit. Like, I don't think Wolfsburg would have sold out if it was the only game at the Emirates last year. I think it's because they built that, let's say, audience uh, for the sake of argument. And and I think that's probably what Chelsea have realised. I just, you know, my aim for last season was I, d- I didn't want Emma Hayes. And, you know, after her, co- it's funny, I was watching the Conti Cup final again the other day and I had it playing in the background and I left it running until, and obviously Emma Hayes is, 
that interview she did after the Conti Cup, which just, it's it grates on me so much where she's like, well, we're just a team that won a lot and they're the team that haven't won a lot because they haven't won a lot. And I was, and then obviously that has been a favourite chant of ours, which is we sing at Emma Hayes or at, at any given point. Um, but yeah, and a very oh, good one too. Yeah, it's, isn't uh, it? Oh, so hopefully, hopefully we can, we can, I think, you know, with this squad, it's just, and for me, I'm just, I'm really excited. Can yeah. you imagine we get, we sell out Chelsea at the Emirates, 60,000, because I think that could be one of the games we do sell out. I'm probably actually yeah. even Man United because, you know, it's, it's you know, the United fans coming back down and Russo playing, and I think that'll be a yeah. big game. So I, I definitely see us getting, you know, definitely toppling over 50,000 anyway and getting close to that sort of sellout point for um, for the WSL games. And, and knowing that we've got the atmosphere block now as well, it just, yeah. I, you know, knowing that I'm going to have the same, and, and also just not know, knowing that I don't have to worry about buying tickets for it. I can just sit in the same seat every time. I'm excited for that. So, to be fair, that yeah. takes a lot of stress off. I just have one final question to close sure. this conversation on. For next season, predictions... Uh, what do we think we're going to achieve next season? Yeah, I, I'm very positive about next. So the the Champions League, I think that's like, that's so tight and so competitive. That's very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. But in the WSL, um, I'm, I'm really confident that we're going to have a really, really good go at the league. I really think we would have, with even one fewer injury, I really think... We'd, we'd have given Chelsea a good go. Um, I said that after every injury. I was yeah. just like, oh, if that would just, and the, oh, God, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, I, I, I'm, and, and I really think the thing is as well, the squad was not as big as Jonas wanted last season anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's, a, you know, that's probably a contributing factor to the injuries anyway. But I really think next season it's going to be a deeper squad. It's going to be a deeper squad all of whom will be players that Jonas either wants or signed himself. Because in his first season, the squad was pretty deep, but there were three or four players there that I don't think he ever really wanted. So, and, and like I said, like about that buying game, I really thought, oh, okay, the, the players have really got this in terms of what he wants from them. And yeah, I, I think that next season, I think Arsenal will really challenge for the league um, and push mm-hmm. it close again. Um, with with Chelsea, I, I still see Arsenal and Chelsea as the two teams that will go at it um, for the title, and I think that'll be decided by small details. Other than that, I I think we'll pick up a trophy of some kind, whether that's uh, Conti Cup, FA Cup, or WSL. I, d- I yeah. don't think we'll win the Champions League yet. I still think Barcelona are probably too far ahead of everyone for that, but I I. I definitely think Arsenal will win a domestic trophy next year. And, and I think there's a good chance it could be the WSL. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look back at the season, you know, it was that Chelsea game at home in January, you know, just yeah. drawing. Which Came at the wrong did, time. Didn't oh, yeah. God, yeah, it was. And the other thing, it was like playing, and whether this isn't, playing United both times after an international break. Both of those games Um, annoy me so much because I think both of them, home and away, came at our weakest point of the season with injuries. Like like Kim was out for the home game and Haffer and Leah were out and Beth got injured in that game. And then the away game, like 
Katie's suspended because they moved oh, the game, which I, I still think is a, an outrage that they moved a game so that we'd have another player. That, that's not why they moved it, but that was a consequence of them moving it. Yeah. And then Lear getting injured in that game and 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 we still didn't deserve to lose it. It, it really, like, Man United in general, to be honest, wound me up last season. I kind of really felt... I think they wound was... everybody up. That's not just mm. exclusive to you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's all right, because um... they're going to be mid-table next season anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Those two games really annoyed me, because I think you put those two games any, literally anywhere else anywhere in the season, we mm, wouldn't yeah. have lost both of them, I don't think. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool. Well, thanks ever so much, Tim, once again, for joining us on this podcast. We had one conversation and obviously we got plenty of content out of it because we made two podcasts out of it. So yeah, thank two you. two for one. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. It's much appreciated. And uh, I think, uh, should we mention it now? This, well, I, In fact, I did on Twitter yesterday. So if you're not on Twitter, then you won't have seen it. But this is the last episode of season one, 13 massive episodes. And I think it was quite nice to finish it off with the rest of Tim's conversation it was really good and hopefully Tim uh, will come back and be a guest again because it was uh, I really really enjoyed that conversation so yeah um, it's nice having somebody on that is actually properly an expert in football as yeah, well yeah. we really got to pick his <laughs> brains which was uh, yeah. very nice of him to to put up with us especially yeah. for as we said that extended and our most popular episode of the season as well so thank you Tim yeah. as well, so. no surprise no surprise no. there so obviously, as you may be able to tell from the lack of background noise, we are no longer in Box Park. No. We had to leave that venue. We were very upset. All of our predictions from at the beginning of this podcast were completely inaccurate, especially that 4-1. Becky was way too optimistic I know, yeah. about our chances. Uh, we did actually record an, an outro at Box Park, but it was a little bit sweary. Nat was not very happy. <laughs> I, I think, oh, and maybe if someone wants to listen to I'll maybe post it as a clip separately, but yeah, I'll have to beep the whole thing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should actually beep over the top of it and see what it sounds like, but I wasn't very happy. And to be fair, though, actually, the initial, like, I can't believe we've lost, sort of ebbed away pretty quick. And I'm just filled with absolute pride for the entire team. I'm yeah. absolutely desperate to give Alessia Russo a cuddle because she looks so sad in all the pictures. But I know it'll, it must be so difficult to get there and to just be. And for things to just not go the way we wanted, it was that one game that we just, we couldn't find an answer. And I think the frustration came out and whether you agree or don't agree with what Serena did, I'm in two minds. I don't know whether I 
she she's never made those changes at half time before. If it was me, I'd have changed the formation and said, "You've got ten minutes, fifteen minutes." I think Serena in a post match or in one of them said we were sort of on top when Alex Greenwood got injured and it sort of hit the sort of yeah, the, changed the game. Momentum. Yeah. It was funny actually because some people were going, "Oh, Spain a time waste," and I was like. Did you not watch the Australian game yeah. or? Exactly. We really couldn't complain about that. You can complain <laughs> the about the Colombia game, fact... actually. The Colombia game or which I can't remember which game didn't go to penalties. Which one went to penalties? Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was the Colombia game. There was some absolute top. Well, Australia. Times. I mean, yeah. one thing I will complain about. Chloe Kelly got a yellow card for deliberately bringing a second ball back onto the pitch. And yeah. Spain obviously did par- exactly the same. Par- she was. Or as I call a parallelogram, because I can't say a name properly. Um, but she, we need to we need to get better at this. We need to get better at this. But yeah, she kicked the ball off. She kicked the um, ball off and should have got a second yellow. So yellow. Yeah. But they were the better team at the end of the day. They like, were. They were. But they obviously deserved to win. They unfortunately, were the game But the players obviously played their socks off. So yeah. fair play to them. But as you said, the thing is, before this tournament, with the number of injuries and the changes that have had to be made, I don't think any of us truly believed that we would get past, say, the quarters, possibly the semis. Mm-hmm. I think getting into the final was beyond expectations regardless. And I think that yeah. in the heat of the moment when we lost, it was can't believe that we lost the final. And yet at the same time, who would have thought that we'd be in that final? Obviously, yeah. the players did. Um, they obviously had that full belief in themselves. Um, so I don't think that we should have ever counted them out. But No, um, I said this to somebody the other day. Because they don't have the third place match in the Euros. They only have it in the World Cup. And I find it really weird that the only two things that are celebrated in the whole of it's it's gold and bronze. That's very true. Um, So obviously Sweden are posting pictures where they're really, really happy and they've got third place because they won a game to get it. Silver's obviously the next one up. We're second Mm. in the world. We're going to... But you have to lose something to get it. Yeah, and it's like... Mm. But obviously they're really sad, but they should just be as proud. And it was really nice. So at the end of Monday, today has been full of sharing. Basically, the red and white are everywhere. We're in. I've just been and bought three papers, actually. And I've been we've had the Sky News clips and BBC. And I think we've, I think um, Alice was on with Becky was on Good Morning Britain. I think someone said we might have had a snip on on this morning as well which is fantastic yeah I've been sending stuff to my family being like I, know, I think I'm, I'm in this seven times yeah. you know <laughs> I'll buy I'll, I'll give you a prize if you spot yeah. <laughs> the thing is is it's one thing that we can all be proud of as a group is we take our energy and our atmosphere wherever we go and aptly actually we've got a few clips to pop in now because I posted yesterday on my Instagram if you saw it or not but Boots Balls and Bras were at Box Park Eartha Pond was there and I met her she is so lovely I mean such a lovely woman I had a really nice chat with her but anyway I seen she was filming well she was filming when we were singing Manu's into Burger and it got posted on their Instagram so I clipped it and put it and I just basically put you can't take the arsenal out of the girls if a player song comes on we're singing it and we didn't get a clip but we it Freedom Arnhem's song came on as well and we did sing along to there that there were so but, many that we that we didn't yeah. have a chance to actually record because yeah. yeah like you say we were just singing all of them which most of them don't play for England so, no, no. so people fun, probably but... think it's weird when you're singing oh Manu Zinsberg uh, in <laughs> a, a, the World Cup final but we can't help ourselves and really lovely this morning I put a clip up on um, Twitter of us singing Beth Mead's on fire because I cannot and will not ever sing that song any different and I, think I don't know the I don't know the original lyrics anymore I truly I was no, I don't I was... think I could sing them yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only her song 
And uh, so I put it up on Twitter this morning and she saw it and she commented on it with a little big eyes emoji and a love heart. And I just put, mm-hmm. this song will always be Beth Mead's song. So we'll put these in, give you a taste of what's to come in the new season. But Arsenal, you can't, you just can't take it out of us. It's, it's there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Those chants, they just make me want to be back at Meadow Park. Nat and I are now going to be taking a few weeks break. We've been doing this for three months, did it over the World Cup season, basically. And now we're going to take a few weeks break. We're going to have a little bit of a summer holiday. We're going to be have a couple of bonus episodes in between, I think. Is that right, Nat? Yeah, so shout her out. At the beginning of the pod, Helena, who got us those wonderful messages from the ex-players and from the boss. Obviously, she decided to go on a weekend break to Australia like you do. So we're going to get her on the podcast to understand her reasonings and how it went and just the whole atmosphere. And I think she bumped into a few other Arsenal. I think Joe's out there and Sam, I think she bumped into. Yep. So so we'll chat to her about that. And then we've got Kate along with some other red and white off to Sweden. And we're going to catch up with Kate when she gets back from the place that I'm still not 100% sure on how to pronounce. Uh, yes, I think that's pretty good. Who knows what squad we're going to have for then? Coming back, I don't know... Um, when they're going to be back in training or how much time they're going to get off. So we'll see. But obviously another thing that started today, the documentary started, which we've got this week, the Arsenal documentary. Yeah. So you're going to be watching them every night, aren't you? And then you're going to be re-watching. I'm planning on just binging it this weekend and yeah. then possibly re-watching them anyway. But we're going to be playing a drinking game as to see how many of us are, we can spot ourselves in there. We're really hoping <laughs> it will be in there somewhere. I think so. I'm, I'm hoping there's some iconic moments that might come out of this documentary for of fan <laughs> moments. I really think, uh, I'm really hoping there will be. But I'm really excited to watch it and also... There's going to be a lot of emotions going around, you know, having to relive all the ACLs and uh, yeah. and everything. But, I mean, I'm so excited for this next season. I can't wait to do the podcast during the season. As you know, we only had covered one game so far and we've done the podcast for three months with, without really any actual full-on Arsenal content except for transfers. I just want to take a moment to thank every single person that has reached out. Um, we've got plenty in the pipeline that we've got lined up for next season everyone that's been on the podcast anyone that's helped out anyone that shared it and hopefully we can build this together and get it out to as many people as possible so if you know anybody and you think they'd enjoy it then think then you know then share it with them but thank you guys and Susie thank you for being a fantastic co-host I've really enjoyed it and I'm actually me too yeah gonna have some you. withdrawals over the next few weeks but um I'm so excited to actually do some podcasts face to face yesterday was the first time we'd sat down and recorded anything really properly together, bar a fan five. I know it was only a little minute. Yeah, it's true. 
it made me yeah, think. Yeah, I not really thought about that. It was just really yeah. nice to be able to sit next to you and just record and just yeah. have. Because obviously it's a natural conversation that we're having to record this anyway. But when you're sat with somebody in the room, it just, it changes it completely. Oh, yeah. I think we'll do a lot more sort of live uh, recording of the podcast, definitely in the in the Tollington. And the point of this, of this yeah. podcast really is to give people an idea, just an inkling really, as to what you could be experiencing if you were to come to Arsenal Women's Games or to give you an update on a weekly basis as to what's been going on if you do yeah. come to them already like it yeah. is to, to help listeners out there hear it and want to get involved so yeah, yeah it'll be great and to if you can't yeah, get to games there. we've got lots of fans that can't get to games and if we can sort of bring that a little bit closer to them as well then yeah we'll bring good. the atmosphere to you yeah <laughs> obviously we know this is the last episode for a while but if you want to like subscribe follow share it on social media still if we can build up our following to hit the season running that'd be incredible because i'll have a fair number of subscribers now but we just want to get more and more people listening so uh, we can let more people know what it is that we do um, and let them know about how amazing this team is and uh, why it's worth supporting arsenal so i think that's everything isn't it now yeah amazing do you want right. to do the final the final one of the season are we going to change the ending for next season do you reckon no right yeah. sorry every single time I say it I talk about how weird it feels and yet now I'm like now now I'm defensive <laughs> about it we're keeping it <laughs> okay you end it then Susie we'll see you all soon until next time ale ole away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.